want to want to go back into the book of Galatians. I, I have just been real. I've, I've had to labor over most of it. I'll be honest with you, uh, but I so enjoyed it, and it's been it's been so transforming uh, my heart, my my inner man, so transforming even uh, 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 my my mind. Ain't that what the Word of God's supposed to do? Ain't the Word of God supposed to transform your mind so that you don't become conformed to maybe what it always has been, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I'm thankful for that. But I want to go back. Uh, last week we, we talked about four or five scriptures in, in chapter 4, but actually I want to back up uh, to the sum of two of the same scriptures that we went over last week, but in a different subject. But uh, Galatians 4, we'll read, we'll read verse 4 and 5 of Galatians 4, and then, uh, and then we'll ask prayer and ask for the blessing, and then we'll, we'll, we'll just use a little of this scripture here tonight. But back to chapter 4, verse 4, it says, But when the fullness of time was come, the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that they might receive the adoption of sons. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask Brother Angle, if he would, to, to bless our service, to bless our word. God, thank you for redemption. Yes. Thank you that we've been redeemed from the curse of the law, yes. that we've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Master. Glory to God. Touch our pastor tonight. In Jesus' name, we'll be careful to praise you. Amen and amen. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Come on, let's thank the Lord tonight. Bless his name. Amen. Bless him again. Amen. 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 Go back to verse 4, if you would, Dusty. Back to verse 4. And it says this, but when the fullness of time was come. Now, last week, last week we began. You can be seated, by the way. You can be seated. Last week, last week, uh, I brought this thought to you, actually, before we read the scriptures, about how it seemed, and I even showed you scriptures out of the book of Galatians. I'll not go back and do that. But I showed you scriptures out of where, where the Galatians were struggling to receive grace. Struggling. I hadn't really ever picked up on it as I've studied that, but they were they were they were struggling to receive it. Now, in other words, and even in one point, I read in chapter four, I think verse sixteen. It don't matter because we're not going to get all the way there tonight. But Paul even says, "If I'm telling you the truth, does that make me an enemy?" In other words, he kept bringing them the grace. He kept bringing them the grace of God. Kept bringing them about what Christ had done through it, and and they even they were even viewing that as an enemy. That grace that grace was as an enemy. I thought about that. You ever think about that? That's a struggle, ain't it? That's a struggle to receive grace when, when you view it, when you view it as an enemy. And that's what this entire church, although they had been saved by grace, no doubt, become believers by grace. Of course, we learned that back in the first couple chapters, but 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 have had had been bewitched and, and deceived and, and had moved away from the gospel, the grace that had saved them, and, and had went into other things, went into the, the to the, to the law and to the legalism and rituals and whatever else went on that day or in that time. But, but the thing that intrigued me in all that was, was the struggle with grace. And I'm going to tell you what, if there's one thing that shouldn't be a struggle, it, should be, it shouldn't be grace. Grace should never be a struggle. It should never be a struggle. Uh, but, but it is. And that's what we began to look into last week a little bit in the... 5th, 6th, 7th verse, really because it brought out one thing that I felt like they struggled with. Because Paul really began to preach about their legal standing and their legal status. 
And we talked about that last week, and it was adoption. That's what they stood, that, that took care of their legal status. No matter what was in their life, they, they had been adopted. And, and he, he really, we really seen through the scriptures and through Galatians 4 on following how, how, that, how, how, how he really brought that home to them and, and to trying to take away that part of the struggle. That they were now sons through this legal process of Christ dying, Christ bringing them into the family, Christ, Christ redeeming no matter where they were at in life. But tonight, tonight I want to back up just a little bit because I just couldn't get away from it. I want to back up just a little bit because this no doubt was a struggle as well. Or Paul, or all this teaching, that's what he was addressing was their struggle. That's why he was teaching Galatians 4. That's why he was preaching to the Galatians. He was, he was preaching to their struggle. He was giving instruction and light to bring them out of the struggle into a freedom. That they, that they wouldn't struggle with pushing back grace, but they could freely receive it. Because that's where the power was. That's where, that's where the freedom was going to be. That's, that's where their, their freedom from slavery, sin, bondage was going to be. So Paul, Paul in this, he brought this out, and I couldn't get away from it. And I know it's a simple statement, but, but Paul says this. He, he brings this to him. He says, he, he brings this out this way. But when the fullness of time was come when the fullness of time was come. Oh, I thought about that. Think about that, man. It, it's 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 like kind of like this. A big key, a big key, really. I think to knowing what to do is centered. It's really centered, centered around, and centered on knowing the times. If you if you don't really know the times, you're not really going to know what to do. Reminded me of a scripture. I, I give it to dust. It's in First Chronicles. Uh, I've loved. I've preached on this scripture before. It's a beautiful scripture. It says that the, and the children of Iskar, which were men that had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. In other words, because you know the time, the right time. Nor, Know what this age, what this season, what it is. Knowing that, well, then you know what to do. And I feel like Paul was bringing this out because he said, he said, he brings it out. The fullness of time, when the fullness of time. In other words, he's announcing there's a change now. There's a there's a season change. There's an age change. There's a there's a time change. You're missing. He says you're struggling with grace. You're struggling because you ain't you ain't paid attention to the time that we're now in. To the season that has now rolled around. You've not been paying it. The Galatians were struggling with grace because they misunderstood the time. At least in this part of the scripture. Now there was other things. But one reason I feel like that he was made, took time through the anointing of the Spirit of God to teach to them about the season. The age. A lot of people in religious circles or, or, or whatever, theology, theology talk, call it a dispensation. But a certain age, a certain season, and, 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 you know, as long as man has been on earth, as long as creation till, till, till the kingdom, God has always had seasons or ages or dispensations. There's always been times. And, and through those times, the various ones, God used them, God used them, to deal with man, have a relationship with man. He would, he would bring, he would reveal, he would reveal this is how we're going to relate to each other. Through these, through this age, 
One particular age, he would say, this is how we're going to, I'm going to show you to you in just a minute. This is how we're going to relate to each other. And, and it's through this, it's through this that, that really man was tested. It was tested to see, to see really, really how, how he would obey God, or if you will, or test, tested to see how he operated with God was through these various ages and these seasons. And, and, and there's been many, there's been many, been many disciplines, many, many things, but, but really the whole brunt of it, the whole brunt of it, each age there was a corresponding action. Whatever age it was, whatever season it was, whatever dispensation, there was a corresponding action that should take place. That was God's, that's what God gave them. And I'm, I'm going to bring all this to you in a minute because I, I think it will really give us a better understanding of what's going on right here. But, but each age, there's always been this action. So each age has, has been a, really a test, if you will, of man's faithfulness to that dispensation. That, that's where we're at, where we're at right now. Our test is not going to be back in any of the other dispensations. Our test is grace because that's where we're at. The gospel, the gospel age. Are we faithful to the gospel. Amen. You, I think you'll catch it here in just a minute. But uh, I want to just bring up, just so we can have a little bit of understanding, because I feel like this is so important when he says the fullness of time. In other words, he's announcing there's a change now. Christ has came. There's a new age. There's a new way to respond to God. We're not under the law no more. We're responding through the gospel now. Through the gospel grace. That's how God's gonna that's how God's gonna respond to us. That's how we're gonna respond to him. That's how this relationship, that's the only way this relationship's gonna work now is through this gospel grace. Amen. 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 So, all the way back to creation, all the way back to God. I told you, in every age, in every age, man, man, since he's been here, since God put man here. There, there's been there's been these ages and there's been these dispensations, and and and, and all the way back to creation, to creation, uh, or, or or if you will, to right before the fall or right to the fall, there there was what 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 was what's called the age of innocence or or the age of, uh, uh, of innocence or the dispensation if you want to call it that. And man was how I many know man was created innocent when he was planted. Pulled out of the garden, planted in the garden, put he was put in a perfect environment, a perfect place. And and really, and this is what God told him. God, God really made it really simple then. In that environment, in that situation, God gave him this perfect place. And, and he gave it was really the simple, it's the simple test of obedience. Of everything, you have rule, you have reign, of everything you eat, other than, remember, the tree of the good and knowledge, of evil. All that, of everything, but you you can have full run of everything but that way and it was just really a simple test and, and and every day God would come down in the cool of the evening and he would walk with them and they would correspond they would have fellowship they would have, why how was they able to have this communion because up to this point up to the fall Adam and Eve they were responding to their age they were responding with the right action what God had told them what God had, 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 had instructed them was being fulfilled, and therefore God could respond to them. They could respond to God. It was this wonderful fellowship. Everything was good. They were warned. They were warned of the consequences. 
that the day that you do, this is all dead. You shall die. Everything is dead. Everything is it's gone away. That was the warning. That was the first age. Innocence. Innocence. Well, we all know that how that happened. We know that Satan entered in, tempted the woman, also then the man, the temptation. We know that then comes the fall. Well, from the fall, if you will, to the flood was another age. God didn't deal with them in innocence no more. Why? Because they weren't. They were no longer innocent. And they couldn't be dealt. Matter of fact, the garden, the garden, the garden, they were wooed and run out of the garden. And, and angels, flaming angels was, stood there with swords to, to keep them from getting back in the garden. They couldn't have what they once had. That age had ended. That season had came and gone. But after the fall, up to the flood then, we entered a new age called conscience. Conscience. That's a new age, a new dispensation. And, and it's because they had come to know good and evil. Their conscience had come alive. They, now they know good and evil. They know, they know the difference now. They, they, and now, all of a sudden, listen, now all of a sudden, they are responsible to do all that's good and to do no evil. Amen. And that's really, that's kind of the way it was. You be gover- you're going to be governed now. You let conscience govern you. And all that conscience says is good, you do. All the conscience tells you this evil you don't do. That was their age. That was this new. How many know? How many know we don't operate like that in this age that we're in? We didn't operate in innocence. Ain't nary one of y'all can operate in innocence. I know you pretty, smell good, you do a lot of good things, but you can't operate in innocence. Because we're not. And you can't operate just out of con. One of the worst things I ever hear of somebody tell somebody, oh, just follow your heart. No, don't ever do that. Don't ever, ever do that. That's dumb. No, you follow God. You follow His Word. Do not follow your heart. It will deceive you. You'll end up like this in the flood. They couldn't. They tried it. They, they did it. They tried, but they couldn't. They didn't abstain from what they knew was evil. And the Bible tells this. The Bible tells us this in Genesis 6. In Genesis, I think I even give that to Dusty. In Genesis 6, and God's because the age of conscience failed so bad. This is what happens when you follow your heart. They, it failed so bad. That God saw the wickedness of man was great on earth. Every imagination of his thought of, was evil, was on evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he'd even made man on the earth. And it grieved him at his heart. And in verse 7, and the Lord said, I will destroy man. Here comes the flood. Here comes judgment. I want to tell you, every time an age has failed, there's always been judgment. That's something else I want you to pick up on. Every time, every time that the age has not been responded with the right action for man, there's been judgment. And don't think, this is just because we're singing about how wonderful grace is. Don't you think that if we fail grace, that it, ain't, it don't result in judgment? I'll get there in a minute, because it does. Because every age that's failed, it results in then in judgment. Every time. Every time. But we know the story. So God, God brought the flood. God destroyed all the world except for, and I didn't give it to Dustin, but in verse 8, this is, this, is, this, is, this is for you just because of the grace thing. But Noah found grace in the eyes 
He found something way out of time. Way out of time. Way out of season. Amen. Amen. But anyway, so so now we have the flood and from the flood to what we know as the Tower of Babel or the, through chapter 11 of Genesis, there's a new age because he, Noah gets off the boat, gets off the ark with all of the critters and all the stuff to re, redo mankind, restart mankind, give him a new start, new life. There's a new, there's a new dispensation. I, I'm going to read it to you because I think you'll pick up on it better. But Genesis 9, Genesis 9, this is Mo, uh, Noah coming off the boat. And God bless Noah. His sons, here's what he said. He said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. And the fear of you uh, and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every fowl of the air, upon the, everything that moves the earth, upon the fishes, the sea. Into your hand are they delivered. How many are they still like that? Still like that. Ain't the Bible good? Every moving thing that shall liveth shall be meat for you. <laughs> yes. Even the green, I don't know about this green herb thing, but I'll leave the green herbs for, for you, Miss Kay. I'm going for the ribeye. Anyway, every green herb, everything I have given you, it's all things. I've given you all things. Verse 4, verse 4. But flesh with the life thereof, which is the blood, therefore thou shalt not eat. He's establishing this new covenant. Surely your blood of your lives will I require at the hand of every beast. I will require it at the hand of every man. At the, at, at the hand of every man's brother will I require the life of a man who sheddeth man's blood. By man shall his blood be shed for the image of God made he man. Be ye fruitful, multiply, bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply therein. And this verse 8 and 9 real quick. God spoke to Noah and to his sons with him saying, saying, and behold, I establish my covenant, this new covenant, this new age. We're leaving conscience, and, and this is where God says, you're going to govern. Now, you're going to govern earth. It's man, man is going to govern for God. That's the way it was set up. He said, ain't you glad, ain't you glad that man ain't governing for God anymore? If ever, if ever I wanted to see one fail, I'm glad this one failed. <laughs> I'm just, glad, I'm just glad that man don't govern for God. Some of us wouldn't be here. Amen. Because man would have seen that we wouldn't be. <laughs> just to put it like that. But, but, but at this time then, you know, uh, a man has become responsible to govern the world for God. And, of course, we, we're not going to go through it all. But we see that fail, fail miserably at Babel where man decides, I, I'm gonna, we're going to make names for ourselves. We're going to forget God. We're going to forget. We're going to forget governing for Him, and we're going to make something for ourselves. We're going to make. We're going to build this tower. We're going to build this, into, and we're going to make a name for us. It ain't going to be for the glory of God. We're not doing this anymore. And of course, you know the story. He confused them all, made them all talkies, various language, and and it made a chaotic situation. And and they all were dispersed and left there. Immediately followed. Genesis 12 comes into the picture. We have, we have a new age, a new time, a new time period comes. Genesis 12, did I give you that, Dusty? Genesis 12, now the Lord said unto Abram, new time, get thee out of this country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. 
I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee. New covenant, new dispensation, new age. There's a change. I will make your name great. Thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. And in thee all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Amen. Abraham. From Abraham to Moses now. Pretty good little chunk of time. There's this new age and there's this new dispensation. It's called promise. Promise. It's the promise of God. It's, it's the, and we see some of this in Galatians. If ever there's a forerunner of grace, here it is. This is If you want to get a little taste of it all the way back to the patriarchs, here it is. But even Paul alludes to it in Galatians chapter 2, 3, and sometimes even some in 4, I believe. And it, it, it's about this promise, and it's, it's grace somewhat. But it's a promise. But now it's a little bit different spin on it because go back to verse, I believe it was verse 1, Dusty. Back to verse 1. I think it was. Back to verse 1 if you can. And the Lord said, get thee out of the country and to a land that I will show thee. That's important. I never had caught this before until I was studying this through this time. To a land. Because that, that's, that's connected to the promise. Here's what I want you to know. Here's what I want you to know. I want you to see this. Because here it was. God, tells, God promises Abraham. I'm going to bless thee as long as you're in the land. Never seen this. It, the blessing was connected to the land. The blessing, long as Abraham, his descendant, Israel, all the, all the tribe, long as they were in the land, God blessed them. God multiplied them. God poured out on them so many ways. And how many know, how many know that today he's still fulfilling that promise? It's it, the land. And while they're there, they're blessed. They're blessed. Here, here's, here's what you can see. Well, when that began, when, when, when tough times come, we saw it with Abraham's life. We saw it in some of the other followers that, that they, they ran off to Egypt. How many know they ain't in the land? They're not in the land. And how many know that was there? They become slaves. They become bondage. 400 years plus years. Because they got away from the promise. How many of the requirement, the requirement to the promise, it was the promise was still there. They were in Egypt. They, they'd moved away. They'd got away. And become now they become slaves. How many know we got to abide in him? It's where the blessing is. It's where the promise is. It's where the where, where, where the fruit of it all is. So they ended up, they ended up in Egypt, ended up slaves out of the blessing. 400 and some years. Affliction, bondage. They cried. They cried out. Cried out to God. God says, I hear their cry. I see their affliction. The Bible, the Bible tells us that he had raised up one of their own. Raised up a prophet named Moses. A shepherd named Moses. And we're fixing to have a shift. We're fixing to go through another age because they're stuck out of the promise. They have no way out of the back into the promise. They have no hope. So he raises up Moses. And now from Moses to Christ, a long span. From Moses to Christ, there's this new age that really what Paul's been battling with in the book of Galatians. 
This new dispensation is called the law. And I, th- I thought about this, and I've been touching on this, and I've been beating it, and I've been preaching on it a little bit. I'd hit on it a few weeks ago and didn't even know I hit on it. But, but God led them out of Egypt still under grace. Their whole life was grace. Their shoes didn't wear out. They didn't. Nobody die. Didn't. Everything was, he was going to take them. They were graced to go from Egypt back to their land. They got to the, remember they got there and there's giants in that land. But they decided to take a little 40 year lap in the wilderness. And that's where you see the death. And that's where you see the struggle. And that's, but it was still, it was because not obliging by that age, what God required, the blessing, the promise. So it wasn't really until Exodus 19. Because God, this is what I believe. I believe God, even though he led them, he still wanted them to go back into the promise. God never wanted them under the law. I'm going to tell you right now, God never wanted his people, children, under the law. He wanted to take them back from Egypt for 19 chapters. He wanted, in Exodus, he wanted them in the promised land under blessing, under grace. It was his heart. That's what he wanted. And in Exodus 19, we really find out that they chose. They chose, give us the law. I can't imagine that. So I see, I see the struggle. Even the children of Israel, they had the choice of the blessing, the promise, grace, or the law. Why in the world would a man choose the law? Over, over grace. Over promise. God said, I'll be in this land. I will bless you here. You will eat of things you didn't plant. You will live in houses. You All this stuff. I'm going to bless you. So far and above. You're not going to be the tail anymore, but you're going to be the head from now on. I'm going to bless you. And they got in Exodus, Exodus, to Exodus 19, and they chose, they chose the law. They decided, we want the law. It's in Exodus 19, 8, where I want to read to you. And all the people answered together and said, unto the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses returned. This is where they chose the law. And all of a sudden, we have a new age. How many know that, that grace went shut? This is where the promise, the promise stopped right there of Abraham to them. Because they have chose the law. They chose the law. So, so, now from Moses to the law, from Sinai to Calvary, here's this new age. They, 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 and we know what God requires. God says, I'll be your God. You'll be my people. But you've got to keep this law. All of it. Every bit of it. Hold on, hold on. All the time. All the time. All the time. Oh, we'll do it. We'll do it. Amen. More, more trouble. More trouble. More trouble. So, so, they were required to keep the law. How many knows? Fail. 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 I don't know how many stories you'd want to read in here 
about fail, trying to keep the law. Every story, every story. Even the heroes of the Old Testament. David, he failed keeping the law. I don't find hardly anyone in there that even comes close. Amen. So, here we're getting to where Paul was talking about. And then the fullness of time came. They should have had this in their mind, really. They should have knew. Being Jews, being, being, uh, or, or, being or, or taking in Jewish doctrine, studies, truths. Here, here's, here, here's, where, here's where it gets interesting in. So now Moses to Christ was the law, but now Christ or Pente- from Pentecost, if you want to call it that, from Christ or Pentecost, whatever, to the rapture. Grace. That's what he's talking about. The fullness of time has come. Pentecost has came. Calvary has came. Easter's came. Pentecost has come. Now the the fullness of time and not till the rapture. Oh my goodness. It's the age of grace. Marvelous, wonderful. Grace. 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 That's the age now. John 1.17, I'll read it to you. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. It's a new age. It's a new day. The time, fullness of time has come. And the point of testing, if you will, is no longer legal obedience to the, for a condition of salvation or, or for, the, for the purpose of salvation, but it's the acceptance now of what Christ did. What Christ done in his work. It's a new age. It's what Paul's telling them. It's a new time. And it won't end. That's, that's where this comes in. This don't end till the rapture. And, there, and there's even one following that. How many know that from the rapture to the millennium? Or the rapture to the kingdom? There's another age. Another age, another time of testing, if you will. And then it's the kingdom. Somebody say the test will be over. <laughs> it shall be eternally forever and ever and ever. But taking it back, taking it back now to what Paul, I feel like, was really trying to get across. He's saying, our responsibility, our day is grace. That's where we're at. This hour that we live in, I don't care any way you look at it, our hour is grace. That's where we're at. This is the day of grace. And that's not going to change till the rapture. But So there's a responsibility. The responsibility to grace. It's responsibility. Our point of testing is us being faithful to the gospel of grace. That's where we're at. That's what Paul was trying to get across to them. That man, they had they had went back into these other. It, it'd be like any of the other ages. It'd be like us trying to dip back and 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 to dip back and and to be innocent again. Oh, I'm just and people try to try to pull that junk nowadays. Oh, I'm innocent. Oh no, you're not. You better claim grace is what you better proclaim. That's what you. It, it is, it'd be like us trying to go back and follow our hearts again. 
No, 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 no. It's grace. Or human government. You know, that's what our world's after now. Our, world's, our world does. It wants to get away from grace and, and God. And they do want human government. Man, oh, man. What a misery. What a misery. What a misery. But all these things. But our responsibility now is, 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 is to be faithful to the gospel of grace. To be faithful. To respond. To respond to that. Respond to what God's doing. And that, that has really hit my heart because I, I see my duty in that. I see my response. Because outside of that, it's failure. The same as all the other ages failed. If I don't respond to grace faithfully or the gospel of grace faithfully, it's a failure. It's a failure. Same as the other dispensations. The same as Adam. The same as Noah's people or Noah's age. The same, the same as those that, 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 that stood at Babel. The same as those that, 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 that didn't go in to the promise. The same, they couldn't keep the law. It was all failure. And on top of that, I told you earlier, there was judgment that always followed that. And I'm going to tell you what, it's no different in grace because there is judgment. When we fail grace, there's, judge, there's nowhere else. There's apocalyptic judgment. There's no hope at the end of this age here, at the end of this door here, if less we are faithful to the grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's no hope. There's no hope. There's judgment. That's all that's left. Nothing but judgment. If we don't embrace grace or faithful to the gospel of grace, that's the door that's open. You can go back to the law, but you're failing grace. You can go back and try to let your heart lead you if you want, but you're failing grace. You, you, you can go back to all these other things. You can go back and, and say you're innocent, but I'm going to tell you what, you're failing grace. And there's apocalyptic judgment coming at the end of the age. Amen. There's no hope. The only hope is the door that's open. The door that we're at, the, at this fullness of time. It's grace. The work of Jesus Christ. Believing on that. That's it. Anything else will bring judgment. I don't care how good of works you do. Amen. I guarantee you, if you're truly graced, you'll be doing some good works. I guarantee you that. You'll not be abusing grace. You'll not be abusing it in any fashion because of if what it is and what grace is. Amen. It's the only door. There is no, all the other doors are shut. Uh, there's no other hope. So it, it's got me to thinking. And I just wanted to spend a little time as we close out tonight. I just got to thinking. I got to thinking about all the, I got to thinking, just trying to think of uh, how, how in the world do I be faithful? Because that's really my response. He's given me free grace. He's given us this free gospel. He's given us this message. He's revealed it plainer than any of the other even any of the other ages has been revealed, really, through Christ. How do I be faithful to such 
a wonderful thing. How do I be faithful? How do I be faithful in this age and not struggle with it, not be an enemy to it? Think about it. What, what does faithful to the gospel even look like? There's a thousand answers I know. I, I jotted down some things just thinking. I thought about, you know, humility. That's, how, that's one way you're faithful to the gospel of grace is, is you're humble. And you operate out of humility. Amen. You, 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 you don't exalt yourself, but you, mean you exalt God and exalt others. And it's others first. Yes. Amen. 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 Your grace. Amen. To share it. I think that, that's a faithfulness to the gospel is that you share it. Can you not? Can you be faithful in the gospel of grace and not share it? No. Not that I know of either. It must be shared. I, I think. I think you can't be faithful to the gospel of grace unless you risk it all for it. Yeah. Unless you risk it all. How else will you be faithful to the grace? Has he not promised there's nothing can separate us from him? Can't you risk it on that? Has he not promised he would be with you to the end? Can't you risk it on that? Hey! I think faithfulness would look like that. I think being faithful to the gospel would be stepping out on nothing just because God said so. Just because God, 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 God urged you so. Just because there's a need or whatever. Faithfulness to the gospel in this age that we live in would be risking it all. I believe it would be committing to sacrifice daily. They tell what scriptures would tell us. A daily, a living daily sacrifice. I think that would look like faithfulness to the gospel in this hour, this age that we live in. Unashamedness, not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power unto salvation unto all that believe. I think I think faithfulness would look like it unashamed. I think faithfulness would look like someone who's growing in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That there's growth. I, I, just, I just would have trouble to believe if there's not growth, I'd struggle to believe there's any faithfulness. I think there has to be growth. Now, I know sometimes we don't grow by leaps and bounds, but I tell you what, there's growth. There's growth. There's growth. I tell you, I ain't near where I was when I started this thing, Brother Angle. I'm still pretty green. I still need to ripen up a whole lot. But I'll tell you what, I, 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 I ain't where I was. My English might be. I think my English might even picked up a little bit. I got more than 27 words now. I tell you, studying this book, you get a vocabulary. Studying this book, you get a mind. Yes, sir. Yeah, my mind's a whole lot sharper than it was. I know I don't remember things a lot, but my mind's a lot sharper than it was at 18 because all I put in it was dumb stuff then. I killed what brain cells I had back then. Amen. Amen. I believe that, but it, it's, it's all of that. 
Amen. I believe, I believe if you're faithful, being faithful to the gospel, you're becoming what grace wants you to become. Yeah. This is what, what Paul said. You know, I'm, I am what I am because of the grace of God. You're not fighting against what grace wants you to be. How I many of that? If you're fighting against what grace wants you to be, you're not being faithful to the gospel grace. That makes sense. I'm not fighting it. I'm just opening up my life and saying, here, do it. I need you to do all you can do. Grace, faithful to it. Faithful to it. I believe that in my heart. I, I, I'll take it here. I, I believe you'll be one that gives liberally in whatever the areas. I'm not talking about just money. I'm talking about time, effort, strength, love, compassion. Don't the Bible tell us that, that those of us that have received freely? Freely. Freely. I don't think, I don't think there's any faithfulness to the gospel of the grace of Jesus Christ when we're not givers in whatever area. We see the need. Amen. Amen. I believe that tonight. Doing whatever it is. Whatever it is. Whatever. I always write down too many little nuggets and I just get to thinking like this. But whatever it is. I'm going to stop right there. I want to read you this set of scriptures. Because I believe, I believe in Acts 20. You get a, I could go on and on. And probably you've got some thoughts out there tonight. And there's probably no wrong answer to this, but what, what gospel faithfulness looks like. There's lots more. But I, I, this little set of scriptures in Acts 20, just really, I feel like coming from Paul's life, I feel like, I feel like you really see what being faithful to the gospel grace looks like. Now, this won't, this won't exhaust it either, but you'll get a beautiful picture. This is what Paul, Paul gathered up, remember the church at Ephesus, and he was leaving. Remember, he gathered him up on the first day I came into Asia. You, he said, after, you know what manner, you know how I've been, you know me. I mean, you know me. People that hide stuff, probably not being faithful to the grace. Amen. Probably not. That's one thing. I, I, don't, I don't worry about hiding anything. Because it's grace anyway. Amen. Amen. All right. Verse 19. He says, listen here. I've been serving, the, here it is, with all humility of mind, faithful, with many tears, temptations which befell me by the lying in weight of the Jews. How, he said, I've kept nothing back. Faithful. Didn't hold back nothing. Not nothing. Faithful. But I. I've held nothing. If I thought you could get some good out of it, if I thought it would bless you, if I thought it would increase you a, a millimeter in your walk with God, I've been willing to pour it out. How many know that's faithful? If it'll push you on, if I can push you up the hill. Amen. Lord in heaven. This stuff might not make you... Make you shout and run around the church, but I tell you what, it'll stick to your bones. Amen. It's the age that we're in. He said, I have kept nothing back. It was probably, I have showed you. I have I believe it's grace always teaches. I'm serious. Grace teaches. 
If you've been graced, you teach it. It might be your kids. It might be your neighbors. It might be your work people. You can't help it. It might be whoever. But you can't help it. It don't have to be in a church setting at Sunday school. Oh, no. It's out there. Teaching. Grace teaches. It does. That's being faithful. If you're not teaching it, that's not faithful. Amen. I'm preaching the truth. Amen. Amen. He said, I taught I publicly from house to house, testifying, listen, both of Jews to the Greeks. I mean, that's being faithful to the gospel. It don't pick and choose. The gospel don't pick its favorites. The gospel don't have prejudice. Come on. Gospel, gospel don't care what color, what you look, what you smell. Being faithful to the gospel grace is. open ain't it yes whosoever just like Jesus teaches it repentance towards God I mean that's true grace because it's true instruction being faithful come on now being faithful to the gospel grace tells the truth teaches the truth not what's popular but the truth that's why, that's, why, that's why they'll view you as an enemy sometimes as they did Paul in Galatians 4 and 16. Have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Yes, sometimes. Amen. But it was the truth. He told you got to repent to God. And faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. i got a couple more verses. And now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing even the things that shall befall me there. He's just faithful. I don't even know how this is going to turn out. Just faithful. What a picture. What a picture. I don't know how this is going to turn out. We'll do something. We'll do something. I don't know. I don't know how this is going. I don't know how risky. I don't know how dangerous. I don't know where this is going to end. I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know what, what towns I might get run out of. I, I don't know. I don't know who ain't going to like me. I don't know who ain't going to like it. I don't know who ain't going to show up. Hey, that's faithful, ain't it? Other, other than what, what the Holy Ghost had told him. He, he didn't know. Save what the Holy Ghost had showed me. I don't know. I don't know what. I'm, I'm just glad sometimes the Holy Ghost lets you have a little privilege of what's going on. Amen. Gives you a little there. Amen. First, I think that's all I'll give you right now. I'll give you another verse. But not, this is, yeah, this, I'm glad. I, I, but none of these things move me. Neither count I my life even dear to myself. Faithful. Is this the picture that I was trying to put in all these words? It is. So that I might finish my course with joy. By the way, that's a key of faithfulness to grace. I don't think you can be faithful to grace without joy. Come on. I don't. Grace, grace. The grace that I know of, it, 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 it's, it's joy. It's joy. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify, here it is, 
Can you sing me that song again? Wondrous, marvelous grace. Amen. Dusty, get that ready. She's going to come and sing that tonight. Uh, I know I, I've not brung out or I've, I've, I've exhausted my time. I've not got maybe everything that, that made it plain. But this is the hour we live in. This is the, this is the, full, this is the fullness of time. we got to be faithful or we're a failure. What are we faithful to? The gospel of the grace of Jesus Christ. That's why Paul wasn't a failure. That's why Paul was a success. Even being beheaded, success finished his course with joy. Faithful to the grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I like doing funerals where they've been faithful. Finished their course with joy. Faithful to grace. Come on. That's our age. That's our, man, we don't struggle against it. We embrace it. Not only embrace it, but we become faithful to it. And that's how God, that's how God communes. That's how our relationship is set up in this age. That's how we enjoy the spirit of grace, the spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, all the things. God communes with us because of our faithfulness, not to the law, not to our heart, not to human. Faithful to his grace, his gospel grace, his message, his work of his son. I told you this last week. I need to tell you again just so you keep it in your mind because this is a powerful thing, I think. I feel like the grace, the gospel, the, the grace, grace is not a doctrine. Grace is a person. Jesus Christ. It's Jesus. That's who we're being faithful to. We're not being just faithful to a doctrine. We're being faithful to Christ. Woo! Amen. And when we're faithful to it, this is success. Just like it was Sunday. Just like 20-some years of praying for Tommy. We were faithful to the gospel grace in this house. And it was a success. And just like we saw in the prodigal a couple weeks ago, all enjoyed. All enjoyed. Was it rejoicing in here? Man, grace, grace brings rejoicing. What a rejoicing. Amen.